The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the second half of this week's edition of Armchair Politics as we wrap up the year 2020 with a little hindsight. Um, we have uh, joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics our roundtable regulars. Include uh, on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back. Always good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County <clears throat> Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome back to you as well. Thank you. Um, and now we left off uh, in Lansing in May, uh, just before some Midland Dam failures caused huge flooding in mid-Michigan. That was a big story. Yeah, yeah. Still is, apparently. I guess they're still trying to figure out how the financial aspects of it. I've seen TV ads about people filing filing claims in time and all that for those who live in that area. I think one of the... Where are you going to find the money for that? Well, and that's a good question, Henry. I, I just yeah. saw, just within the last uh, few weeks, um, where they have built a temporary bridge near a spot where they're going to be replacing a permanent bridge. And I thought, it, it just struck me as odd that they would take the time and the money to build a temporary bridge instead of putting the pedal to the metal on the on the replacement of the actual bridge. Hmm. Yeah. Now, those, those well, dams were, were privately owned, weren't they? And the state's taking them over. Is that, my, is that correct? I believe they were privately owned, and then the companies went bankrupt, so the state is in a position to take them over? Yeah, I think they, they had gone well on their way to being assumed by the state. The state didn't realize that it it ultimately was them and their, yeah, their problem. Yeah. They tried to hold off on that for a little bit, but it didn't stick. Um, and, and, you know, that that whole thing about the the flood and you know we were already in the middle of the pandemic and all the stay-at-home orders and then people started losing their homes and had to stay in shelters you know that was that was a, a 
a real tough thing. And it reminded me of that story that, um, oh, I forget who it was. Um, anyway, he's he was talking about somebody uh, that was commenting on uh, the, the negative impacts of the Great Depression on their particular town or, or county and um, they were talking to somebody else and said it was the same here too and it wouldn't have been so bad if it hadn't come along in already hard times yeah, yeah. <laughs> and see we we also had the flint water crisis going on at the same time and it didn't seem as though that was going anywhere the people were going to stand their ground against the state and against the epa and against everybody else Henry Hatter and Republicans and all of them, and there was uh, absolutely no way to get together and resolve the issue collectively so that you could have a definitive plan so that we don't build a temporary bridge, but we build a lasting structure. Exactly. And the, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly, Henry. Um, then June got uh, kind of interesting. The stay-home orders end, and Governor Whitmer begins opening the state which, as it turns out, may have been a little bit premature. Perhaps, in hindsight, yeah. It's, 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 in the middle of summer, it looked like we were almost, you know, like the we were getting past the worst of the pandemic, and then all of a sudden comes the fall, and here we are back in the, the worst part of it again. We, in fact, much worse part of it now. And it was in the spring, if you look at some of the numbers. That was predicted, guys. Yeah, I that's remember true. that. That's by true. the governor and his office, and also by uh, Dr. Fauci. All right, well, I was thinking about Michigan, and it would have been uh, uh, Dr. Caldoun. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm corrected. Um, but, but you're right, Henry. You know, they, they said as, as we all go back and in, inside in the fall and you know, start bumping into people during the holidays and all that, that there's going to be a, a second or third wave, and that's essentially what's happened. Uh, not that people uh, would would believe that because it's never happened. They don't believe anything that hasn't happened. They don't believe that that meat is greasy if you've never eaten it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this would be a good time to, to just slip in. Um, a uh, press release went out this morning from the mayor's office, uh, Flint Mayor Sheldon Neely and the city of Flint Police uh, Chief Terrence Green, um, urging residents to protect themselves by avoiding house parties tomorrow. House mm. parties have been linked to deadly violence in the city, and they are inherently yeah. dangerous and illegal because of the high risk of spreading COVID-19. And yeah. it's of particular concern because tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Yeah, and that's, yeah, so so that's probably good advice. If the virus, if the virus don't get to the gun, will. <laughs> because all of these weekend. violent acts in Chicago and Atlanta that I've heard just statistically moving around the country, it's uh, in now Flint and Detroit and other places. You're right about uh, uh, urging people to stay away from uh, house parties and stuff. Yeah, well, good advice. Yeah, why why put a damper on starting a new year when it, when when we're hoping so much it'll be a better year? That's right. Um, I'll be here watching the Big Dipper because I'm in out in the open. And I there can you see go. It. There you go. 
Yeah. Um, let's see. Also, uh, in June, a couple of other things that popped up. Uh, the U of M Ann Arbor opted out of hosting uh, presidential debates. Oh, that's right. Due yeah, to, co- to COVID-19. Um, and I'm not sure that that a, a new place was rescheduled because they ended up only having three debates. Two, uh, One of them was face-to-face. Uh, one of them was... Um, that uh oh what do you call it um kind of a dual dueling yeah du- dueling town halls yeah doing dueling town halls that's right yeah and yeah. then um and and then they got back together again but with added precautions and so on um and then also in june uh, michigan attorney general dana nessel started ramping up efforts to close enbridge line five in the straits Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that was—is there still a final court ruling on that? I know the governor supported that. that line five was supposed to be closed, but I wasn't sure well, if there was one more appeal left. The the, the court—I'm not sure how the court proceedings were going, but the governor did, in fact, just recently, through uh, executive order, and and it was kind of an interesting legal twist because what she did was. Basically, she yanked their license to have it there. Yeah. So we'll see, because that's going to end up in court, to be sure. Um, In July, we started getting pushback, not just from John Q. Public and and people like the armed protesters that went to the Capitol, but... um, Sheriffs around the state of Michigan said that they were not going to enforce mask orders. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And and yeah. Chris Swanson sort of started down that path along with other sheriffs around the state, but then he he walked it back. Well, you know, I think as, as I thought about that whole issue, I, the, the sheer practicality of that, I mean, I can't imagine... That you know, if some guy walks into into Myers without a mask, that you're going to call out a squad car and, and arrest him. I wouldn't think because there's there'd just be too many people doing that. Is what I'm saying. The, the, yeah. you know, the mechanics of it could get just get very clumsy. Too hard I, I, to I manage. Understand the, the the legality of it. Yeah, you you probably could or should, but the mechanics of it. I, I can see cops running all over the county every time some some guy walks into a store without a mask on. Yeah. And it's for their own good, but to scale, people can resist it. You can, um, you can, you can handcuff this guy for not wearing it, and the next one will pop up over here taking his mask off. That's right. So yeah. you got to run over there and, and handcuff yeah. that guy, and then it completely gets out of control, a control, and the law becomes a joke. And for some reason, the mask issue became, and not only with the shooting at the dollar store in Flint, but, I mean, there have been a number of other cases around the state where there were, you know, blows exchanged or, or, or fights of some kind over somebody in a store, some clerk yeah. telling someone to put a mask on, and then somebody punches somebody or, or worse. So it, it, it has been a cause for, for further violence beyond that. Well, in uh, September, the Republican-led legislature in Lansing started uh, um, 
ramping up its challenges against Governor Whitmer's emergency orders authority and went after the 1945 law, which in October the Michigan Supreme Court ruled was uh, uh, relating to the executive orders being used and the authority for it, unconstitutional the way it was being practiced. Yeah. I mean, uh, can you uh, clarify the way it was being practiced? I, I'm not. I'm not picturing that. She was um, taking something that was supposed to be a short-term authority and extending mm-hmm. it beyond. Oh, yeah. It's okay. intended yeah. reach. At least that's yeah, okay. that's what the Supreme yeah. Court said. Is that you know she had just gone too far on her own without including the legislature and that yes, it was yes, in fact I recall constitutional. Now. I'm all set. Yeah, Thank the the, the, sev- the 76 law had a 28-day limit and the 45 law didn't have, didn't state a limit, but it, as I recall reading about it, the uh, that law was seemed aimed at some some uh, civil rights, either riots or demonstrations of that era. Uh, and again, it wasn't quite clear it was meant to be a long-term kind of thing. So yeah, abstractly, if you can take the partisan politics out of it, you really probably ought to bring the legislature on board at some time for yes. the longer term things. Yeah. Well, as, as long as it dragged issue. out, and I think that's where, you know, maybe procedurally the governor uh, screwed up a little bit. But the uh, legislative action wasn't good enough for a group of people who were discovered in October um, having a plot to kidnap Governor <laughs> Whitmer. Yes. Uh you can't make this stuff up. Like I said, if you were writing one of these yeah. adventure novels and cooked up a and, and like I, that. I understand that when they kidnapped that they were going to do what they did to Henry Hudson. <laughs> yeah. As he put him on a boat and, and in the fog and let him drift down the St. Lawrence. And they, he said, <laughs> I thought they were going to try to that time. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Which was. And I'm only laughing at it because of Henry Hudson, not because of the governor. Yeah. Um, well, and also uh, in the news uh, throughout Michigan and the country was Michigan's role in the presidential election before, during, and after. Yeah. Which was significant and maybe still is. And, of course, as I mentioned uh, uh, just recently, just within the last few weeks, Governor Whitmer's Line 5 shutdown order. Yeah. which is yeah. being challenged and and, uh, and so on. Um, well, we're going to uh, take another break here. We have another short break, and then we're going to turn to Washington. And uh, starting with the um, impeachment trial of President Trump, or not, from January, and... Uh, and the president's State of the Union message and, and some other things that happened. Um, again, you know, COVID overshadowed so much of this stuff that it, it seems so long ago, we don't even think of it as being part of the same year. But anyway, we, if you're listening to us on WFOV, our voices radio, 92.1 LPFM in Flint. They are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. 
If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And then we'll return with our Armchair Politics uh, year-end review with Roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, healthcare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to geneseehealthplan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hopper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. The Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. Master of the deep, tireless voyager, perhaps the most fascinating mammal in creation. Tests have shown the humpback to possess an intelligence almost human in its range and complexity. Humpbacks can communicate with one another, express pain and pleasure, and experience emotion. But with these advanced faculties, it seems, come problems. This highly sophisticated submarine recording made in the humpback's favorite feeding grounds off Baja, California, reveals that the enormous animals may even share with their chief predator man some of those tragic physical disabilities the flesh is heir to. The humpback whales cannot help themselves. Only you can help them. 
Please send a contribution to Save the Whales Before They Blast Themselves Into Extinction. Box 101, Grand Central Station, New York. This has been a message from your Terminal Flatulence Association. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. What do comic books have to do with Susan B. Anthony, Stormy Daniels, and Congressman John Lewis? Find out New Year's Eve 2020 on the Tom Sumner Program. Author Mark Schulman talks about comic book biographies of Walt Disney and Susan B. Anthony. The creative team from Tidal Wave Productions talk about a new comic book series called Stormy Daniels Space Force. Plus, former congressional aide Andrew Aiden talks about developing a three-part comic book series about the civil rights movement called March with Congressman John Lewis. The Tom Sumner Program continues our look back at 2020 with comic books for New Year's Eve, streaming live from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com, repeating online all day and night, simulcast on 92.1 FM in Flint at 9 a.m. and p.m. Happy New Year from the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program.com Hey, welcome back to our year-end edition of Armchair Politics with uh, our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Armchair Politics continues now as uh, we uh, turn from Lansing to uh, Washington and uh, the impeachment trial of President Trump, which uh, came to a close in January of uh, 2020. And... uh, any any thoughts on on that and how it impacted his State of the Union uh, message? It, 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 that seems so long ago. Like I say, it it's, <laughs> seemed like it was a decade ago when that happened. It's almost you know, that, that's a huge political event, but it, it's almost overshadowed by so much else that's happened this year. Um, in fact, what's amazing is that the, the impeachment itself didn't seem to have any effect on, on the polls one way or the other. I mean, Trump's ratings didn't go up or down all that much as a result of it. And but that was true for so many other events that not much really changed the overall makeup of the electorate in uh, in 2020. But I, I do think that uh, President uh, Trump was extremely disturbed by that. Oh, sir. Uh, yeah. And he have made, may have made mistakes in his uh, dialogue and his... Uh, and his belief system and stuff like that that rubs some people the wrong way. And I think the the fact that President Trump did target Democrats, which I thought was a mistake, uh, because Democrats are part of the electorate. And he didn't he didn't he lost Democrats who would have shifted over for him because they believed in what he was doing. Uh and uh worsened his uh, poll ratings because they're uh, all Democrats who out out here, and I know this area to be what it is by distribution of the people, by Democrats and Republicans and independents. And when I said earlier that everybody out here were Democrats, I don't mean that. That was an exaggeration. But 
if you did, you only saw a periodic Biden sign. And then you saw some houses, the great distribution of houses, without either sign. Those were people that were uh, didn't agree with the Democrats, I mean, with the yeah. Republicans. And uh, they were they were noncommittal. But those who displayed the sounds, the, their signs overwhelmingly. Yeah, but I, and I think it's I think it's interesting what uh, what Paul said about the the polling numbers in the wake of that impeachment because typically you would expect a president's approval rating to go down when he's being impeached, and the the uh, camps were so forged in stone. There were people who hated the president and people that unconditionally supported the president, and the people in the middle just didn't want to be involved at all. And yeah. I think and I think the president lost a lot of potential black votes because, as I said, they don't want to be condemned because they're Democrats, because Democrats is like being, that to them is like motherhood, apple pie, and chivalry. So you don't want to, you don't want to touch that. But just allow them to drift in. Well, in, in some communities, condemned. remain to be a Democrat. In in and, and some in some Pardon? cities, in some cities, uh, the black community are the Democrats. Yes, they are. Yes, and That's so it. It, it it for some people in in some uh. communities and neighborhoods around the country, um, when you attack Democrats, it's almost like uh. code for attacking <laughs> black people. Yeah, and, and you know, yeah. and this is the thing that uh, the president missed out on. He didn't have good advisors there, but uh, and and he had no experience with that. But I, 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 there there are many Democrats who are blacks who like President Trump, but they may, may not like all Republicans, but they like President Trump, and uh, he lost uh, black Democrats that way. Not that we no, should I think, always look right. at. Between well, see, Trump's got this but, habit of attacking those who, who turn on him. In fact, right now, he's turning on some Republicans who are backing away from this, uh, yeah. you know, the, the election fraud stuff and saying yeah. the election's over. So even now, he's attacking his own party to some degree. Uh, well, that's, that's just Trump's style, I think. Well, speaking well, of party I, I, politics, I, back in January, and this is this is how long ago this was, even though it was less than a year ago, the Iowa caucuses were being held. Oh my God! And right. it was Bernie Sanders to lose. Joe yeah. Biden was yeah. down around fifth place in uh, right. the Iowa caucuses. It, he was considered a long shot until what Super Tuesday, or was it North Carolina, South Carolina? South, South Carolina made the difference for, for Biden. That's right. When he, they finally turned out for Biden. But yeah, Biden was considered a, a long shot, and as you say, third, fourth, fifth place. Uh, that's, he, was, he was not the, the obvious nominee of the party. And then it was, uh, we jump ahead to April, and COVID-19 is uh, creating all kinds of controversy over whether to you know, close things or open things, and the president forms a White House panel to reopen the country. Do you remember that? That was in April. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, that, uh, go ahead. 
I was going to say, and that, that's maybe that maybe that's when the the whole COVID issue became a partisan issue with Democrats generally favoring closing things down, Republicans favoring opening things up, and even even the wearing of masks took on a partisan taint. Where if you walked into a store with a mask on, you were assumed to be a Democrat, and the reverse was true if you were a Republican in many parts of the country. So, unfortunately, that was the case, I think. But uh, with respect uh, to uh, uh, the trial of the president, uh, an impeachment trial, he was very much hurt by uh, being condemned as a as a non real president. And no matter what he did, no matter where he went, he was not recognized as a solid president of the United States, whether it was in the country domestically or in foreign countries. And that hurt his image and what he thought of himself. And he uh, reacted to that. And I saw that. Impeachment uh, impeachment is a little tricky because although he was acquitted— in the Senate trial, he was still impeached by the House, yes. and that yes. never goes away. You no, know. And, and see that—that's what hurt him, and he—he he wasn't always himself. Probably that's why he—he he had difficulty listening to advisors. It was he who, in his head, that was—that was hurt, not the others. I wasn't hurt by it, but. Well, you know, what else happened in April that I'm sure you both have forgotten? I know I had. The rumors of North Korean President Kim Jong-un's death. Oh, yeah. Which turned out to be greatly exaggerated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How is that related? How is that? Explain. It, it happened this, the in April. It, I'm just looking oh, at oh, yes. some events that Had, happened throughout the year. has nothing to do with the, the president. No, you're, you're no, not no. implying the president. Okay. No, 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 no connection there. Jumped, uh, jumped to a completely different headline. Um, and then of course in May, the big stories in May, at least, you know, from our conversations. Um, was uh, pandemic hoarding of toilet paper and the oh, meat yes. and the meat shortage? Yeah, you could go into grocery stores and all the uh, toilet paper and and uh, paper towel shelves were just bare, and the same with the meat things. And we saw a little resurgence of that resurgence of that the past month or so, briefly. And not only that, but that had a lasting impact on how much toilet paper cost us. You would get half of the roll. And it's very, very thin and ineffective, and and that has not gone back to normal. We don't get the same texture and, and quality of toilet paper that we got in the past. So the, and we we pay more for the toilet paper. So that's yeah. Remember that the, the, there was a joke on on Facebook that says somebody toilet paper their their house and the value of the house went up a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I actually remember reading a story once um, about a guy who was buying two ply toilet paper and then separating it out to make two rolls. Oh no. <laughs> to save money. I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Um, of course, also in May, and this is uh, on, a, on a different topic, but the uh, SpaceX launch was in May. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. 
And you know, as significant as as historic that is, that did not rise to the level of COVID. And that was really significant, technologically and uh, achievement-wise. Yeah, it was yeah, you're huge. Right, was... Almost nothing. I mean, COVID seemed to dominate so much that so many other stories that normally would have been of great consequence got lost in the shuffle. You know, that's just like going to the airport and getting on a rocket and taking off to space. Yeah. That's the difference that was made by this event over what had existed before. But COVID didn't, nobody paid any attention. And we generated some great technological heroes and advances in technology and uh, artificial intelligence. None of that stuff rose to, uh, to uh, comparative uh, value as COVID did. Well, then we move into June, and uh, things got very, very different uh, in terms of the political climate. That was the month that George Floyd was killed, and protests around the country started popping up everywhere. And it coined a new slogan and and a new concept, um, defund the police. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. And that became kind of a an explosive slogan for, for parts of the campaign, at least. And we're seeing the impact of that in cities right now, today. Uh, like you already referred to, Flint and Detroit and Atlanta and Chicago, where there's been a, a tremendous well, fight over the holiday. I think we've, we've argued here before that Flint's been defunding the police for years. <laughs> for, <laughs> Compared to many other but cities. Flint has not had the problem that many other cities have. We, yeah, yeah good unfortunately, yeah, we, we've been fairly, compared to a lot of cities, uh, we have not had those kind of incidents so far. So my, my fingers crossed. But so Well, we and, and interestingly, I think that was underscored by the types of protests that were done here and how yeah. Chris Swanson, you know, found himself... On the on the good side of supporting those peaceful demonstrations. Yeah, as far as I know, in Flint, I'm not aware of any any vandalism as a result of protests. There was a little bit know, in Detroit, but even you yeah. know, by standards around the country, pretty minor. And and guys, if you think about how we have been berated by the rest of the country and the state, Flint, uh, the poorest city in America. Lost tremendous jobs, uh, people hungry, bad water, bad schools, bad roads. Uh, we've really been condemned, but yet did not have the episodes of other cities. That's something. And it's interesting, Henry, when you when you list those those things, uh, Flint makes you know the the wrong side of a lot of lists around the country, and and yet. All of those things are true, but they're not really accurate. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, uh, explain. We do have less employment. You know, unemployment yes, is do. very high yeah. here. We sure. do have infrastructure problems. It is a mm-hmm. violent city. We just saw it this past weekend in Flint. You know, four people killed. And um, it's, you know, it's it, it, all of those things are true, 
but yet they don't really describe Flint. And people come here with preconceived notions based on that kind of publicity around the country, and they find a completely different city than what they were expecting because the people yeah. are, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not, they might be down, but they're not out. Yeah. I guess that's and it, the best. And there's a lot of new things happening. That I mean, given some time, and a lot of new energy taking place both downtown and elsewhere around the county that I think is going to make a difference. Well, there were and, some and, other... And, Go ahead, Henry. And there's, there's something that we overlook. When General Motors was king, it left a lot of wealth here. And we, we, individuals may see themselves as down and out because they didn't put away savings and stuff like that. But there are people that did. And there are institutions that maintain great wealth. Like all of the money that in, uh, General Motors invested in McLaren Hospital and the foundations uh, around mm-hmm. uh, in schools and stuff like that, making one of the best K-12 education systems in the nation, in the world. And uh, those who still have some impact on stabilizing how we look at the world around us. And, and had we been in, in uh, St. Louis, for example, we would look at these things differently. But Friend has an enriched, stable uh, culture here that's not always seen, that tends to stabilize our behavior. Well, the, the Mott Foundation is still a major player, and you can see that all around the Cultural Center with that new school and all the rebuilding going on with the uh, the uh, Sloan Museum and the FIA and so forth. I mean, a lot of new initiatives there, primarily Mott Foundation activity, but still <coughs> making a big difference. Well, a couple other things that happened uh, in June, or at least notes that I made, um, had to do with... Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts' vote uh, at the Supreme Court on their abortion ruling. And he surprised some people by by leaning a little bit left on that vote, on that ruling. Um, yeah, Rob Roberts has tried to avoid having the court become too partisan, I think. And he's been, and until the appointment of Barrett, he was, he was almost emerging as the swing vote on the court. Now, that may change with, with Barrett being there, but we'll see. Um, but, but the Supreme Court is supposed to be apolitical. Ideally, and, uh, and I, I think that while that's the ideal, but I think that people are appointed to the um, Supreme Court with expectations. And they try to, most of the time, meet those expectations, but there are times they accept the role for what it is. They need to be look at things in a way that is just and fair to the American people and to what the American people expect. Well, and, and I think it's, it's interesting to note that probably one of the big stories of the year with regard to the Supreme Court is the fact that President Trump actually has nominated three people to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and more recently... Um, uh, Barrett. Barrett, thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm such a flintoid. I was hung up on Coney. I couldn't get to the Barrett. But um, <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't have said anything. No, no. Thank you for the know. correction. I appreciate it. Um, but the thing that that I think should stand out and hasn't yet, um, although I think it will 
when history looks back, is that these justices were not as partisan as they were portrayed in their confirmations. Yes, especially since like a couple of rulings after the election, uh, even Barrett herself surprised a little bit. We'll see how it plays out, but was not the, the, the partisan person they expected to be, especially on some of the election-related issues where the court made their rulings. And uh, there was the fear that the Supreme Court would somehow get involved in the election and overturn <clears throat> results and all that. But then when, when push came to shove, they did not do that. So, I, yeah, that may be a sign that she's, she's while she's conservative, she's not going to be the partisan person that uh, was, uh, was depicted. When I study the Supreme Court individually, there's nobody that I'm truly disappointed with. Yeah, I, but when I you, think when that's you look the point. At is their that... views and how they took their views, they seem to be common sense. They seem to make sense. Uh, they didn't come in with this uh, with this uh, prearranged idea that uh, uh, A was true but B was not. Uh, they came in. Uh, with uh, the prerogative to vote on the issue as they deemed it to be, to be at the time that they were writing their proposals or dissenting uh, words or whatever. But I, I, I thought they did good, and, and I can't tell you the ones who have been chosen by Democrats. I, I don't know. I know the ones that are chosen by Republicans, and that would deduce the others must be Democrats, but I don't have a, a preconceived idea to dislike them for what they do. Well, I think the judges try and avoid being a Trump judge or a, or a, a Clinton judge or an Obama judge or anybody else, because because they want to establish the independence of the judiciary and not seem to be a pawn of again any given president or any given era. So I, I think there's that institutional facts that once you're on the court you see yourself as speaking for the court more so than by the than for the person who appointed you now we have and this about is my last comment on this but you know the republicans are so concerned that they will uh, with the new president biden choosing justices uh that republicans will lose dominance forever that's not true not true guys because the young people will decide the future. And they want to put away this preconceived dominance of the past uh, as, as the chief authority away from them, and they want to choose their own way. And they will figure out a way how to win, just like the Democrats found a way to win this election, either, well, by, and, uh, and, uh, either by cheating or by identifying... Um, people where their strength was. Um, we have about a minute before we go to break, but I do want to mention that uh, as we roll into July, the big stories were Roger Stone's sentence commuted, Trump versus Fauci over COVID comments, and the rumors that Kanye West was going to run for president were greatly <laughs> exaggerated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But right. but I but I do want to say, and we just just kind of brushed up against it. But a big story from 2020 was 
the passing of of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and of course the yeah. the fallout behind that, and the the nomination process and the confirmation process, those were big stories in 2020. There are a few others, and maybe we'll get to them uh, during our after the X Files, which is coming up after we take a short break. This is Armchair Politics with uh, yours truly, Tom Sumner, aided by our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. We're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hey, (laughs) this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual playdates. Social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. If you have a knack for sales and fundraising and would like to become a valued member of a fun team, you could be a good fit for the Tom Sumner program. Help us develop the underwriters needed to continue to grow our brand. Write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. Is a major factor in dancing like a retard. May cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! 
Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get through it. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner program.com. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome back, everybody, as we roll into uh, my favorite part of armchair politics every week is uh, those weird and wacky stories we refer to as the X-Files. And uh, Paul Henry, I'm sure you remember all of the stories we've done about the Florida (laughs) man. (laughs) Well, a uh, CBS uh, Channel 4 in Miami has put together the top 10 Florida man stories of 2020 <laughs> just just for us <laughs> and and here here they are uh, starting number 10 uh, in reverse order Florida man hospitalized after iguana runs into bike causing crash a 62 year old <laughs> marathon man required stitches to his head Thursday after an iguana ran in front of his bicycle and caused him to crash. There were no reported life-threatening injuries except maybe to the iguana. Okay. Yep, number nine. Uh, Go ahead, ahead, Henry. Did the guy on the bike, did he see the iguana? Iguanas don't move that fast. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Although I understand that just recently it got so cold in Florida that iguanas were falling out of trees. Yeah, I've heard that's what happens when it gets around around the 30 degree. They they don't die, but they just kind of go into a hibernation of sorts. Uh, let's see. Number nine. Florida man arrested on allegations he used COVID relief funds to buy Lamborghini. Oh, yeah. David Hines, a.k.a. Florida Man, arrested and charged after authorities said he used COVID relief funds to buy a Lamborghini and bank millions. I'm not sure how that works. I, you know, we, I just checked my bank account, and it shows the, the $600, uh, uh, what, uh, stimulus... Okay check yeah i was gonna say what kind of lamborghini can you buy for that kind of money yeah uh, you know i 
I'm not banking millions. And in fact, even the 600 I've got, I can't access until Monday. <laughs> it's just it's just sitting there. It says pending. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, number eight: Florida man pulls gun, makes death threat in mask argument at Walmart. Of course, we talked about a Flint version of that here that turned out pretty tragically. Things got heated at a Walmart store in Royal Palm Beach in July when an unmasked man pulled a gun on a masked shopper in an apparent confrontation over wearing a facial covering. <laughs> and this is cute. <laughs> Number seven, Florida man dog attacked by alligator. In September, quick actions saved the life of a Port St. Lucie man who was attacked by a large alligator while he was out walking his dog. Apparently, the dog uh, engaged the alligator and they somehow got out of it okay. Uh, number six, he killed my leader and I have to kill him. Florida man accused of threatening Trump over airstrike that killed Iranian general. Wearing white cream on his face, a towel on his head wrapped like a turban, and what appeared to be a shower curtain over his body, a Florida man was arrested for threatening to kill or hurt President Trump during a Facebook live stream. Authorities said he made the video in response to the killing of an Iranian general during a drone strike in Iraq. That, that 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 one I hadn't heard about before. Yeah, that that one was <laughs> new to me too. But uh, yeah, I guess they they keep track of the Florida man down in Florida. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they keep track of him pretty good. Um, I would think so. Let's see, number five, uh, Florida man fired after mask meltdown video at Costco goes viral. A Florida man was fired from his job as an insurance agent after a videotaped tirade inside a Costco store went viral. No, he wasn't wearing a mask. Hmm. And let's see, four. Um, a Florida man and self-proclaimed white supremacist with swastika tattoos knocked a female bartender unconscious at a Sarasota waterside bar and grill in August yeah. and it was caught on video. I don't know if you remember that one. No. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Uh, <clears throat> here's one that's kind of sick, really. Um, in April, the Lee County Sheriff's uh -huh. Office arrested a Florida man they said tortured a dog to death before baking it in an oven. Oh my God! Oh. Usually, mm. when we do these every week, they're they're a little more lighthearted than these. But right, yeah. yeah would, yeah. I can't imagine yeah. a Florida man doing that. Uh, that's sort of the unusual. No, the Florida man's supposed to, you know, drive his lawn tractor, you know, up to the drugstore to, you know, drunk to buy more booze. You know, it's right, mm. right. Uh, deputies charged a Florida supporter of President Donald Trump with a misdemeanor after they said he punched a Joe Biden fan because of a <laughs> quarrel over yard signs. <laughs> oh, now that's the well, kind I could of, see that. That's yeah. the kind of X file we like. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, um, that's a typical. One. <laughs> and and ones like this: a Florida felon wanted for violation of probation 
live-streamed his own arrest on social media while on a jet ski. <laughs> oh, boy. Only in Florida, people. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I, I thought that was a fun substitute for uh, for the X-Files. Well, I, I enjoyed them. Um, and... Uh, Boy, I, I just, we've got about three minutes left, and I cannot believe how fast the time has gone. If only 2020 had gone that fast. That's true. It's been a crazy <laughs> year. And as, you, as you went through all of those things, uh, there were so many that said, oh, my God, I forgot that happened. I forgot that happened. Uh, that's, it's, it's been and, a and bizarre I, year. I just, I just want to tell you how much, Tom, I appreciate Paul. Paul is a great commenter, very knowledgeable very easy to work with, very fair, and I hope he forgives me for uh, my tirades uh, against oh. uh, oh, uh, defending President Trump uh, and stuff like that. But uh, I appreciate him so much because he's such a respectable man. And Henry, you you are a voice voice of sanity in the Republican Party. I know we well, are. I appreciate you. that very much. It's always good to, not only for this year but for a lot of years past, to have you here on on the program. It's been a a great point counterpoint, and I really enjoy it. I really do. And I enjoyed the cookies. <laughs> the directions to us. Yeah, well, I miss those. Games. We yeah, have maybe maybe in 2021 we'll get back to, to those kind of things. Would you tell your wife that we gained weight in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it wasn't. It wasn't all from uh, from COVID binging. No. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, just in the minute and a half we have left, I, I certainly want to express my appreciation to both of you, Henry you and Paul, and to all the others that sit third chair throughout the year. Um, this is a real highlight of the Tom Sumner program, this armchair politics every week. And it just, it, it wouldn't happen without you guys. No, I did. I enjoy, I look forward to it every week. It's kind of the Wednesday morning, the peak of the week. And I want to thank you, uh, Tom, for recognizing that we may have some value uh, to your listeners, and uh, we most of the time make sense. We try. Uh, <laughs> we try to bring to you uh, uh, facts and uh, evidence uh, that we know what we're talking about most of the time, and we support the, those the, views. And, and the important point of this show, and I hope this is what we deliver week after week, is the idea that people who may have a different perspective can have a conversation without becoming mean-spirited. Yeah, that's the key. You know, it's it, 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 it's civilized discourse. Civil discourse is, is so lost on so many people in this country, and I hope that we serve as a reminder that it's possible. Yeah. To, to use a phrase you've used, Tom, this is not rant radio. I mean, there's so, there's so much of that around that this really is a very different kind of different kind of program. Well, there's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories, which means time for me to head down the hall to the living room. But hopefully, we'll be back together in person sometime in the in the foreseeable future. And I, I just want to say thank you to both of you, Henry Hatter and Paul Rosicki. Thank you. Wish you happy both happy New Year, everyone. A very yeah, happy, happy New Year. New Year. And with that, uh, I'll just 
thank the listeners for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoyed our look back at 2020. And uh, maybe you enjoy having 2020 in the rearview mirror. In the meantime, good night, everybody. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner Program. And thanks for listening.